Welcome to the Success is Subjective podcast series brought to you by ParentTrainers.com, presented by Lilly Consulting. I'm your host, Joanna Lilly. In today's episode, I had the pleasure of interviewing Nikki Bruno. Nikki is a scientist first and foremost. She has studied all matters of natural science, which include environmental, physiological, and psychological, and eventually became a science educator. In her classroom, she studied her students, many whom struggled and others who shone. The main difference she noticed between those who did well academically and socially and those who did not was whether they had a robust support network of empathetic friends and role models. Thus began her mission to provide students the support they need to thrive. Now, Nikki is an athlete, and when her up-and-coming sailboat racing career required a more flexible schedule than a school district could offer, she took her skills on the road. Currently, as an academic performance coach, Nikki supports students as they work through challenges such as time management, organization, studying, stress management, career planning, college planning, and more. She encourages her students to be scientists themselves and experiment with their efforts, staying positive and objective throughout the growth experience. She has been mentioned in the New York Times, featured in a business showcase that aired on NBC, and frequently gives seminars and workshops on matters such as college admissions and study skills. When she isn't working or sailing, she spends time with her family and friends, practices yoga, plays ukulele, or just hangs out with her wolf dog, Lakota. With that, here's Nikki. Nikki, I'm so glad that you're on the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. So let's just dive right in. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about who you are, where you grew up, and the expectations that you might have had or were told around higher education? Yeah. So again, my name is Nikki Bruno, and I am from New Jersey, born in New York, raised in New Jersey. Um, and I, I come from a family of partially educated people. Uh, my father never finished college, but my mother went to Columbia. She got her dental hygiene degree there. My grandfather was a professor. So definitely there's some education blood in my family. And I would never say there was a lot of pressure to go to college because I, I was always a student. I was always very academic and I sort of absorbed myself into my studies maybe even too much at times because my parents, they owned a business together. They were never home. I had just like a nanny who I didn't get along with. So I didn't really have any emotional support at home when I was growing up. I just sort of dove into school and Harry Potter and the internet and geeky things. You know, that was kind of my, um, my solace in a way. So going to college and, and education and all that was sort of my idea. And my parents were behind me on that. Obviously, they, they wanted me to. And, and I would say they expected me to just because I showed an academic interest. Whereas, like, my younger brother wasn't so academic. So they were kind of unsure. You know, he was on the community college plan for a while. And he eventually went to school and all that stuff. Um, but for me, yeah, I'd say most of the pressure came from me than, than them. I mean, I do remember being very young and being told I couldn't take gymnastics anymore because I wasn't doing my homework. So I'm guessing that there was a little bit of pressure there. Um, but yeah, I was just super geeky, super into science. I went to like a magnet uh, high school for marine science and started doing research like with like NOAA, like government research agencies while I was still in high school. And really oh, continued that's so that. cool. Yeah. And I, and I continued that you know, through college. I studied marine science and biology and really thought that was going to be my life. And like, I had one track, my parents told me from 
when I was in kindergarten, I said, I want to be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> like every other kindergartner does once they go to SeaWorld for the first time, right? <laughs> so I went to like the marine science camps and I did the whole swim with the dolphins thing. And they were, they were very supportive of me in terms of giving me opportunities to explore my passions. I just would say they weren't very supportive of me in many other ways. <laughs> They're very supportive of academics. Yeah. Okay. So then... Here, here is your upbringing. You yourself are kind of leading the charge for this career path, this vision, and you know that you, or you at least think that you need to go to college to do this. So tell the listeners a little bit about your collegiate experience. Yeah. So again, I was always kind of academically driven. So going to college, uh, I was, I, I was actually pretty excited. I remember in high school, I just couldn't wait to get the hell out of New Jersey, to be honest, because it just, you know, kind of sucks the soul out of you when you live here for this long, <laughs> right? Um, so I was, I was actually pretty excited and, you know, to, to get away from my family and to just get a chance to start growing up and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I did have a solid academic foundation. I never really found college too, too difficult. Um, I think it did start becoming difficult, though, once I started packing on all these other activities because I am definitely an ADHD kid and I need to be doing a million things. And it just started getting more and more overwhelming when I just, I was like, okay, well the academics, I got that part down. So I was in the marching band. I was on the sailing team. I was in a coral reef research group. I had a job tutoring. I had a job as a bartender. I like, I, I was in this like peer advising group for marine science. I was in this honor society. I was at that honor society. I just did all the activities. One semester, I was taking 19 credits while doing all these things. Um, oh my gosh. What, yeah. Did you not have time? <laughs> did you sleep? <laughs> uh, apparently not. And um, so, so I mentioned the ADHD thing, and I was never formally diagnosed. Uh, my brother was because he was more outward about it. And, and looking back on you know, my experience as a student, I'm certain that that played a part. I was always kind of disorganized, procrastinating, you know, daydreamy, all those sort of stereotypical things. But because school was, again, my solace, that was like where I could get comfort, I, I never popped up on the radar because my grades were always good, you know. So and then it gets to college when there's a little bit less structure. <laughs> so I found myself um, selling marijuana in order to buy Adderall so I could study. <laughs> that was like what I ended up doing in college because I didn't have a prescription for it. Later on, I was like, you know, maybe I should go above board on this and actually talk to a doctor and stop doing illegal things to try to get my studies by. Um, then like, you know, all this academic pressure. And I did eventually get, you know, the prescription and the diagnosis and all that sort of thing. And, and things sort of started getting a little bit easier. Um, I'm not going to say I didn't abuse the drug because, you know, there are plenty of all-nighters just got to get all this work done. And, and just, again, the pressure of keeping up my GPA. I had a scholarship that I got and had to keep that up and, and all these big career plans. So for me, the, the struggle wasn't academic, but it definitely was mental health. And I definitely had a lot of social anxiety that I was dealing with. And so like so, social life was always difficult for me. I would say just, I don't, I don't want to say because if I was a geek or whatever, but just not, not really, kind of introverted, not really a social butterfly. And I went to school in Miami, which is such a party town. You know, like everybody's going out to South Beach and going clubbing. And that was just not 
not my scene. I was a geek. I wanted to go to the beach and I wanted to like chill on a couch. <laughs> so things were a little difficult that way too. And, and I think that caused most of my stress, just not really being able to regulate my time very well, being involved in way too many things probably, and, and maybe to, to compensate for just, you know, you get involved so you don't have to think. If I'm busy, I'm not thinking, right? So, so definitely overachieving, overburdening myself. Um, and I mean, I was on an athletic team. I did stay fairly healthy from that respect. You know, I, I was still going to the gym and, and eating, eating well. I wasn't drinking too much, um, but you know, still a college kid. <laughs> but, but definitely it was, yeah, I think just doing so many things with my time. By, by the end of college, I was super burnt out. And I had this plan sort of to stick around for a fifth year and do my master's in marine science. And by the end of my senior year, I was like, you know what, I can't, I just, I just can't do it anymore. I was just so, 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 so burnt out that, and it was kind of disheartening because my entire life, all I've ever known was wanting to be a marine scientist. That was the only, that was like my identity. That was the high school I went to, the college I went to, the clubs I was in, everything I did was marine science. And then I get to this point of graduating and I'm like, I can't do it. Like literally falling short of the finish line. Like that's yeah. how I picture it. You're just like yeah. so exhausted. So close. And like, I, I, and you know, and if you're going to be a, a research scientist, you're going into academia, at least for the next 10 years until you get good enough to be a consultant or something like that. And I was just like, I can't stay in academia and do this publisher parish and this lifestyle. It was, and it was, it was a big turning point realizing that. And then I had to figure, okay, well, what's next? <laughs> Yeah, so, so what was next? <laughs> Holy cow. Right? So along with my interest in science, I'd always also been interested in education. And so like when I was in high school, I was running this. We had a summer program where we'd bring in middle schoolers and, and teach them science-y stuff. And so I was always involved with that and volunteering to teach kids about the environment and all these sort of things. So I always had this education trajectory that was sort of parallel with the science one. And when I was in college, I also minored in science education and got my teaching certificate as sort of my fallback plan in case somebody was elected who hates the environment and there were no jobs. Hmm. Well, <laughs> good job, Nikki. Okay. It <laughs> was actually a pretty good plan. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> good job, past Nikki. Um, so that is ultimately what I decided. It was the end of my senior year. And I was like, you know what? let's try this teaching thing. And I saw a post for a job at the Palm Beach Maritime Academy down in Florida. And I was like, this is perfect. And I interviewed and I got the job the day of graduation of college. So I was like, all right. <laughs> Me meant to be. How exciting. Meant to be. In theory. <laughs> in theory. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so what yeah. happens next? <laughs> so what happens next? So I was, a, I was a teacher. I ended up being a teacher. I ended up at the school for a few years. Um, and I think that's where the burnout really kicked in because um, I didn't end up lasting that long. And I thought this was this ideal job. And, you know, nothing against the school itself. You know, I, I still keep touch with people there. But it just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit for me as a school. It was actually a charter school. And I went in thinking it was more like the magnet school that I went to school, um, went to for high school, that it was more academically inclined and full of geeky, nerdy kids. And I, I definitely had those kids. But for the most part, it, it, was, it was a low-income school. So it had all the troubles mm. of that population. 
and not any of the support that they needed. So yeah. I ended up struggling as a teacher being just trying to manage my classroom because I was trained as a science educator. I was, you know, I'm really good at teaching what I know, but I wasn't really trained on how to deal with sixth graders with serious trauma in my class. Oh, sure. You know, yeah, that's a completely I, different skill set. <laughs> completely different skill set. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I managed, but, you know, after a few years of that, I was like, you know, I still like education. Like, I, I still like working with kids. I still like science, but I just don't think this is the right fit for me either. And so eventually I, I sort of quit that. And, and my mental health was really crappy too, because I, I was living, I went to school in Miami, but I was living in Palm Beach. It's, it's about like an hour and a half away. So not super far, but all my friends were an hour and a half away. So I couldn't really see them very easily. Yeah. And the Palm Beach area, like Palm Beach itself is like ritzy, but West Palm Beach is that more low income area. So I was having trouble just making new friends that weren't like recovering addicts that were just there to go to rehab those were like the only young people I could find mm -hmm. um so that also took a toll on my mental health as well again going back to the whole social anxiety thing um so I did decide to come back to New Jersey and I, and I moved back in with my family for about six months and and that took a toll on my ego I think because I've always been this strong independent woman can take care of myself I don't take any money from my parents you know and and having to make that phone call being like, I'm coming home. I don't have a plan yet, but I'm going to come home. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not moving into my old bedroom. I'm going to move into the basement apartment. Okay. Like, still independent. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it was at that point, I, I did have a transition job. I was a, a yacht broker because I'm very involved in the, the sailing and, and marine science world still. Um, but that job fell through because the company was super shady and then by that point, I'd started tutoring and using my education skills, doing academic performance coaching, and that has sort of blossomed over the past five years and into my business that I have now doing the academic performance coaching and college advising. So nowhere close to a marine scientist, <laughs> but I, I do have to say that I'm okay with that because I, I'm still keeping up with my sailing. So I started sailing in college, and I am a serious competitor right now, I'm like getting paid to travel around the country to sail on people's boats it's sort of my other job um so I, I so i am getting my ocean fix while still being able to run my own business and still being able to help students out through their academics so i'm using my good student skills and being yeah. able to pass that on and being able to offer my students some some perspective on what they're going through while still satisfying my desires so i think i've it's been rocky but, but I think I'm, I don't want to say settled, but I, I like where it's going. Well, I was going to say, that's the like joys of starting your own business from scratch too, is truly like, it is just as much of a, you know, a pain or like a, a serious fear as it is mm -hmm. a complete joy. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, just oh, yeah. kind of say it's been easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm totally empathizing, um, not minimizing your experience whatsoever. Um, and I'll make sure that I'll make sure that the link to your business is located, like listed in the podcast notes. And then I'll actually have a little blurb about us and yeah. how we met, which will yeah. be kind of exciting too. So people can just be like, how does Joanna know Nikki Bruno? <laughs> well, let us tell you that story. 
So I think that's a really good point. You do two really cool things. Also very, very different. Yeah. So I always like to ask this question to the folks that I'm interviewing. Do you see yourself as successful? I think so because, you know, so many people define success as, you know, maybe how much money you're making and no, I'm not rich yet. No, I don't own a yacht. And I have friends that work for Google and Facebook and eBay and Tesla and SpaceX. Like I have friends work, like having crazy jobs. I have friends that work for the Grammys and, you know, to look at them from an outside perspective, sometimes I am feel a little bit like, Oh man, like, why aren't I making six figures at the age of 30 and living in San Francisco? But, but it's a completely different life and, and maybe they're okay working in the corporate world. I know I couldn't hack it, <laughs> you know? So, so for me, success is that I get to wake up in the morning and not dread the day ahead of me. <laughs> you know, it really is more about mental health than anything else. And, and that's one of the big reasons that I quit teaching was because I knew that I, I needed to figure out how to have this balance in my life between the things that I, I love doing, the things I need to do. I'm very much a, a work to live person, not live to work. And, and I think that's, that's totally fine. And I'm very lucky to, to have a partner who's very supportive. And, you know, so between the two of us, we're doing fine. Like we can pay rent. It's cool. We got a dog. It's fine. <laughs> you know, so in terms of that, and then if I, you know, I, I think about other people who, who talk to me about, you know, their, their outside perspective of my life, like, oh my God, Nikki, you get to go sailing all the time. That's so cool. You know? And, and yeah, again, I'm not getting rich off that. And I'm not a, a true professional. Like I said, I got paid, but I don't get paid to sail. They just pay for all my expenses. So that way I still go on trips, but then I get off the water and like rush back to the hotel and have like three video meetings. So I still have my job uh -huh. on top of my job. Um, and I think, I think that also feeds into my, you know, ADHD need to stay really busy life because it, it still is a lot of everything going on. And it's also kind of crazy because I, I've never, I never was an athlete. Like when I got to college, I was a band geek. I was a marching band and I was a science geek and I'd never played sports in my life. And then I got recruited to the team because I'm petite and to be a hundred pound girl is apparently is really hot commodity in sailing because it helps the boat float a little bit higher out of the water, um, which makes less drag. You go a little bit faster. <laughs> so they basically like came up to me on campus and was like, how much do you weigh? It's like a uh, hundred pounds. Okay. Can you swim? Yeah. All right. Welcome to the team. <laughs> and like, <laughs> now I'm literally traveling the world, like as a semi-professional athlete, like sponsored and on these teams. And it's, it's mind blowing to me that, you know, there are kids growing up. I want to be a professional basketball player, baseball player, football player. And then it never happens. And I grew up and wanted to be a dolphin trainer. Still didn't happen. But like, it's like, I feel like I'm fulfilling somebody else's dream. I'm, I don't think it makes me feel bad, but it's just, it's just interesting to think about that there are so many things that we dream of becoming when we're in high school and college and life just sort of twisted another way, but it's even better almost. You know, like I wanted to be a marine biologist so I could travel the world and look at, you know, different islands and I'm not doing it as a scientist now, I'm doing it as a sailor. So it's, it's still fun to do get it. totally like, right, that was that was you manifesting to the world what you wanted, but not yeah. realizing that what you wanted was the priority of traveling, not so much the research. So exactly. that's pretty impressive. I feel like that's a solid segue into the last question, which is if you could give 
uh, one like piece of advice to a current college-age student who's kind of struggling, whatever that may look like, what advice would you give? It gets better. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, this too shall pass. It gets better. And, and I think one thing that's carried me through all of this, even, even through my darkest moments, is that I've, something in me has always had hope that even if, even if right now is terrible, and I mean, like, like, I went through a bunch of abusive relationships, there's like, we could talk for days about all the terrible things, you know, like, that's not our topic here. But, but even in those moments, it's like, you know, I, I still believe that it could get better, even if just a little bit. And, and I think that's what's carried me through it all. And, and that's what I've seen. That's like you said, with manifesting, I mean, maybe I manifested it, maybe it's coincidence, who knows. But that's what I've seen that just knowing that maybe today sucks, but if I get through today and learning just how to do more of the, you know, the positive self-talk, I mean, I've went through years and years of therapy and all these things, you know, that definitely helped to transition my mind from being a sad emo teenager to a positive role model adult <laughs> and knowing that science helps. Um, I always, I've always had faith in science and, and psychology and, and I think that as well just trusting that even if I don't feel like things are okay right now, there's, there's scientific proof that if I just stick with this, it will get better. And just having that, that hope and faith that, that it's going to happen. And, and I think it does. And, and I even see that in some of the students that I coach, you know, over, over time when I talk to them and, and give them little bits of advice here and there that we say, Oh man, like a year ago, I was struggling so much. And like, I didn't, I didn't realize that life could be like a little bit easier, you know? So I think, I think it's great. Just optimism helps even when you, even, even if it's just a tiny shred that you can muster, any little bit helps. I completely agree. That is such mm -hmm. great advice. Nikki, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. I will. That's it for this week's Success is Subjective episode. Stay tuned for our next episode where you can bet it'll be another amazing human sharing their very personal story with the world. You can follow me, Joanna, on Instagram at Lily Consulting and on Facebook at Lily Consulting LLC. Most importantly, though, check out the resources link on my website at lilyconsulting.com. And that's L-I-L-L-E-Y consulting.com. Or you can just search on Google for Lily Consulting. You can also download and subscribe to listen to the Success is Subjective interviews on any popular podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Make sure you check out the show notes where you'll find contact information, website details, links to articles, and all social media for our guest. Once again, thank you to parenttrainers.com for sponsoring this podcast series. And thank you, our listener, for tuning in. And remember, there is no single path through life. Success is what you make it.